It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Times Business Podcast. I'm Callum Jones. Joining us in the studio this week is the Times retail editor, Deirdre Hipwell, our economics editor, Philip Aldrich, and our markets reporter, Alex Ralph. As we got ready for this week's recording, it was confirmed that BHS is going into liquidation. Staff were told on Thursday afternoon that the retailer would close after 88 years. 183 stores will close, putting 11,000 jobs on the line. It has been suggested that shops could remain open for as long as stocks last. The administrators thanked the employees for their professionalism and the public for their help in efforts to help save BHS. So many questions remain unanswered, though, about how the store got to this point. With that in mind, Sir Philip Green and Dominic Chappelle, its former owners, will appear before MPs in Westminster in separate hearings over the coming days. They've had quite a bit thrown at them, and this is their first major chance to respond. For the staff, Deirdre, this is obviously the worst-case scenario. What happens now? Indeed, the staff who had off their own bat launched a Save BHS campaign were obviously desperately hoping that a buyer would be found. That has not happened. So now what happens is what's called wind-down mode. So the administrator will work with Hilco, which is another kind of restructuring liquidator-type group, and they will wind down the business, which involves offloading the stores. So they will potentially assign leases to other retailers, They will um, sell assets, they'll sell the stock. So for uh, shoppers, there'll be a lot of closing down sales in all the BHS stores. And potentially someone will buy the BHS brand. But in theory, this means the end of BHS, which was a retailer founded in 1918. And the best case scenario for staff now is that if other retailers come and take those stores, they may well employ those staff who are currently working for BHS so that they would be transferred. So that hopefully will happen in a lot of the case. But I think there will be thousands of people out of work. Mm. And Alex, I mean, you've been covering it as as well for the paper uh, for us over the past few weeks. It's not as if people weren't interested in buying BHS. What went wrong? No, and and, and it's those same people that will probably be looking to get some of those stores now because I think there was a lot of interest in just in just cherry picking some of the the stores which are in the better locations in the in you know in more prime areas of of cities and towns across the country. So those guys who were interested during this administration process will probably be now sniffing around trying to pick up some of these stores. I think the the main issue is the working capital requirement because BHS has, for very many reasons which people have been writing about for weeks, has been underinvested in for a long time and the rough estimate of working capital needed was 100 million just to get 
a fighting chance of competing against much better retailers and I think that was difficult for the consortium that was trying to buy it to prove and I think none of the other bidders came close to proving that and so the administrator whose obligation is to act in the best interests of the creditors has had to make this decision to wind down the business. Who were the, who were, who were some of the people we knew that were interested in this? Well Mike Ashley from Sports Direct made an offer apparently it was a low ball offer he never disclosed one way or the other what his offer was so we don't know for certain Philip Day from Edinburgh Woolen Mill who of course has bought the Austin Reed and Country Casuals brands this week but the consortium that was in final negotiations was a group called Rich S Group which was said to be backed by a wealthy Portuguese family it was all very mysterious and who are the creditors then I mean obviously the pension fund will be getting a bulk of this uh, no the pension fund is an unsecured Creditor. So the pension fund is, has now gone into the PPF. Yeah, it's an assessment period. Yeah, so the secured creditors would be uh, Grove Point and Gordon Brothers, who had lent money to um, BHS. Sorry, had lent money to Retail Acquisitions, the former owner of BHS, in the run up to the administration. And of course, Sir Philip Green Arcadia Group is a secured creditor. And I mean, it's not the first major British store to, to meet this end. It probably won't be the last, realistically, either. Uh, but this is going to have a huge impact on high streets up and down the country, isn't it? I mean, Phil, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's on the bigger scheme of things, it's 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 easy to over, overstate the impact on a personal level. Obviously, it's going to be pretty devastating for a lot of people, but the malaise on the high street has been in evidence for a while now. But a lot of a lot of stuff is shifting online, and retail sales are still doing pretty well. Our consumer spending is up. Um, I, I, I'd say you know, there are pockets of there's isolated companies which are suffering rather than you know, the, the, the whole sort of retail industry is in mayhem, I think. Is that right, Deirdre? Uh, I, would, I would agree with that. I, mean, I think in terms of the scale of this administration, though, we haven't seen anything quite like this since Woolworths in terms of the number of shops and also the number of employees. Uh, so it is, a, it is a big moment. It's kind of a, a real turning point, really, on, on the high street because BHS has been a brand that has been around for a long time and many people would would know that brand um but i think you know the point that phil makes is true bhs <laughs> at least 80 percent of its downfall is due to contributory negligence on the part of previous management it mm. has not been a retailer that has has managed to compete with much better rivals primark next even mns through all of the difficulties mns has had it has been more fleet of foot, and that is the major problem for BHS. And obviously we'll see over the coming days and weeks what, what happens in future, but there are still big unanswered questions about what went wrong, how we, how we got here. Uh, Dominic Chappelle, Sir Philip Green, both appearing before MPs in the coming weeks. Alex, can they expect a pretty rough ride? Absolutely. I think um, I think a lot of the MPs are licking their lips um, at the prospect of, of getting Dominic Chappelle before them, although it's not certain that he will Im- will appear, although people expect him to. But yes, this is a, this is a great opportunity to, to really try and get to the bottom of, of what happened, who was financing him. Um, and, and why the business failed so quickly after they bought it. Mm. Um, a lot of those questions still remain unanswered. Deirdre, what should MPs be asking? There are so many things to ask Dominic Chappelle. First of all, why he pronounces his name Chappelle would be a <laughs> starting point, given that it's spelt chapel. <laughs> Key questions, though, will be what advice, what he was told by his advisers, where he got his funding from, why did he secure funding from the Dalal property empire, which apparently came with such strict 
and expensive conditions. It was dubbed the Wonga loan internally. But I think the key issue that MPs will want to get to the bottom of is why he seems, and obviously we have to hear his side of the story, to have taken so little due diligence and care over the BHS pension fund, um, which was a huge millstone around that retailer's neck for many years and everybody knew about it. So I think there, there will be a lot of questions around around that. And, and also... The money that he took out of the business in in the short time that he owned it as well. Absolutely. He's been keeping quite a low profile for understandable reasons over the past few weeks. Do we have any idea what he's been up to, what he's been focusing on? I don't know for sure because you get different stories depending on who you talk to. Um, I think he's been in London. I've been told that two weeks ago he held a, a dinner at a Chelsea pub with the rest of the consortium that bought BHS, the Retail Acquisitions Consortium. Uh, apparently the dinner was to thank them for all their hard work um, and to say, you know, well done guys, we didn't do it, clearly, but thanks for all your hard work. So he's been around and, you know, everyone has their side of the story. He's already been telling The Guardian this week that it's also Philip Green's fault so I expect we'll hear a bit of that next week. We'll probably hear Sir Philip Green's response to that point next week as well. Absolutely. <laughs> Although I think Philip Green is the week after. Oh, apologies. So, so we have a fun-filled two weeks where we're facing the prospect of Dominic Chappelle, Philip Green, and in a totally separate inquiry, Mike Ashley, possibly, that before was, the committee. That was exactly what I was about to ask you next. Uh, what are the chances of him actually showing up? He's taking legal advice, so that to me implies he desperately doesn't want to go and he's trying to find a way not to go. But the MPs have said that they expect him to be there and the issue has come down to Mike Ashley feeling like he is going to be turned into a media circus and his argument is the MPs must come to Shirebrook to see working conditions for themselves and then he'll appear in Parliament. And they have quite rightly, in my opinion, said that uh, fulfilling your democratic duty in a parliamentary democracy does not mean you lay down conditions as to when you'll appear before Parliament in response to a summons. So there's a little bit of a tug of war going on here, but if I had to put a bet on it, I think he will appear. Not to defend Mike Ashley, but <laughs> but the, the, there is a tendency among these parliamentary committees for MPs to do a bit of personal grandstanding. And when you've got uh, s- sort of bad guy figures like Mike Ashley for his zero-hour contracts and his mistreatment of his staff, um, or alleged mistreatment of his staff, um, it, it, makes it, uh, it makes it far more likely that they're going to do a lot of just general point scoring and playing to the public gallery rather than actually trying to find out how things work. So I hope the MPs actually do a little bit uh, more than that. On his part, it takes some bottle to, to then set the terms of, of a potential appearance anyway. As you say, he said they should come to, come to, come to his site and see it, see it before, he, before he attended. I mean, Alex, can you remember anyone ever doing something like that before? It must be quite rare. Probably not in my lifetime, but um, and certainly, I mean, we'd struggle to remember the last time anyone was dragged before the actual the chamber, the, the House of Commons chamber, mm. um, to answer um, to MPs. But um, I think some MPs are sort of speculating that that is a potential nuclear option, as it were, mm. if, if Mr. Ashley doesn't um, play ball. It'd be very interesting to see what happens. I mean, I think, you know, also to Phil's point, I think they should go up and, and see it um, rather than basing a lot of their questions around reports that have appeared. But by the same token, I think he should appear at a, a date that they set and then potentially afterwards 
they can go up and look. And they've not ruled out going up to look at Shirebrook, but they've said that they want him, first of all, to answer the questions that they have. And they've said he can bring whoever he wants from his staff to help handle any difficult questions. So they're trying to make it as easy as possible for him. Remind me, before we move on to a slightly different subject, remind me, is this part of a broader inquiry that they're holding or is it just a specific inquiry off the back of various reports into Sports Direct over the past few months? It's an inquiry into the working conditions and practices at Shirebrook, which is the giant uh, complex owned by Sports Direct in Derbyshire. And it was off the back of a series of reports by The Guardian, BBC, over working conditions at the facility, which was dubbed a gulag. I have been to that facility. I wouldn't call it a gulag. I would just call it a very large warehouse where there's <laughs> lots of people on minimum wage doing a fairly um, simple job, but I wouldn't call it a gulag. A sweaty, a sweaty workshop yeah. rather than a sweatshop, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but I sometimes think, you know, the British public struggles sometimes with the idea that everyone loves online shopping and mm. internet shopping, but this is the reality of it. You mm. have huge warehouses staffed by um, people who are on minimum wage who are fulfilling your orders, but whether or not they're being mistreated is what the... MPs are trying to determine. Mm, and I suppose in many ways, although the principle of, of agreeing to, to head along to, to Shirebrook on his terms, not something they were willing to agree to, in, it might actually help their inquiry in the long term to, to at least pay a visit or two. To, to I the... think it would help, but I think their view is that if they were to do it as a condition to get him to appear in Parliament, it would set a very dangerous yeah. precedent. Yeah. OK, thanks everyone. Uh, we'll be back after the short break. The Times Business Podcast is sponsored by Vodafone's Ready Business Britain. 2016 has been branded the year of the SME. This is your year. Time for your business to stand out. Are you ready? Vodafone's Ready Business Britain, in association with The Times and Sunday Times, has all the advice, insight and analysis your business needs to make this your year. Get ready. Visit readybusinessbritain.co.uk. Next up, the OBR's annual report on the sustainability of the UK's public finances is out on Tuesday. Phil. You seem like a sensible person to start with on here. Uh, what are the key factors at play here? Well, it's the, they call it the Fiscal Sustainability Report. And what they do is they look at the prospects for the public finances over the next 50 years. So there's a lot of uh, finger-in-the-air uh, guesswork involved. Uh, but they've done a few of these. Uh, they, they do them annually, or I think it's moving to biannually. The idea behind them is to show that we have enormous costs coming down the line. And that if we are going to put this country on a long-term sustainable footing, you've got to think about these things. You've got to think about long-term planning. Um, and so the big the big costs are, as they're kind of well-rehearsed, are public sector pensions, um, the state pension, healthcare costs. As people, as it's, it's really to do with demographics. The ageing population is going to put more and more pressure on public services. Um, and because we, have, uh, we will have a, a smaller workforce paying for the services demand which will be an increasing demand of the of the aging population that will make it uh, more difficult to, uh, to to maintain the services as we under, as we expect them to be so that that's the sort of core principle of, 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 the, of the report and last year's report warned that with with the aging population as you mentioned uh, that further further tax increases or spending cuts in the long term would be needed with that in mind should we be expecting similar sort of warnings I would have thought it's going to be the same it's, mm. it's going to be the same warnings and it, it, the issue would be have 
you know, we're raising the pension age, for example. It's being staggered in, you know, I can't remember exactly when, but, you know, people will have to work to, the, to 70. And this and this was introduced under the previous parliament. As a result, the uh, cost of state pensions falls. So there's there are uh, factors that have... There have been uh, things that have been done to try and deal with some of the longer-term sustainab- sustainability issues. Um, and so what will be interesting in this report is whether those longer-term issues have been dealt with further through issues such as uh, you know welfare reform which will which is you know lowering benefit costs and whether uh, changes to public sector pensions uh, have also begun to uh, put a, a lid on on the sort of the sort of spiraling uh, liabilities there so the, the so that there will be more or less the same message but it'll just be kind of is it is it slightly better than it was before is there a chance it sounds like there is that it might throw up some difficult questions for the government so obviously that's the spending side, and then there's the revenue side, and uh, and so that's the, the the tax revenues. The um, the issue there has been that you have certain taxes which have a dwindling revenue take. So take uh, fuel duty, for example. Cars are getting more efficient. People might move to electric cars, and then you know fuel duty just disappears potentially. Um, uh, uh, you've got North Sea oil, which used to be a huge cash cow for for the government, and now basically not raising a penny and uh, you've got corporation tax which has been down come down from 28 to 18 17 uh, percent is the target so um uh, there, there are uh, and then there's and then there's the fact that they're trying to move more and more people out of uh, the lower end of the income scale out of income tax altogether and as a result you know potentially the uh, income tax take dwindles unless they start uh, seeing more and more people become more and more rich so uh, there's some bizarre aspects of this so sort of greater inequality in in society would actually be good for the public finances because it would mean we'd have loads more rich people paying paying taxes you know the people who are less well off will have already been moved out out of taxes to a large degree so uh, there are these kind of questions of like how do you replace revenues that are going to be lost or revenues that are naturally disappearing um, and and so those are the kind of challenges that the government has to think about and things like you know the sugar tax for example is a new tax you know they, stuff like uh, the, the crackdown on uh, and tax avoidance and that kind of stuff is, is going to become more and more important as the sort of core tax uh, revenues will uh, will decrease mm. Well, that's about all we've got time for this week. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, you can follow us all on Twitter. Many thanks to Phil, to Deirdre and to Alex for joining us here in the studio, to our producer, David Maguire, and to you for listening. The Times Business Podcast is sponsored by Vodafone's Ready Business Britain. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.